Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. Good morning, church. Good morning, 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 morning. As always, it's a wonderful honor to come before you um, and just to share with you what I feel the Holy Spirit is saying to us today. Um, I'm under some time pressure, so I'm going to give you the neat version. The real neat version. Have I? Okay. <laughs> All right, what I got is what I got. Okay. Um, Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. Father, we honor you. Father, we ask for your Holy Spirit to come in amongst us in the dynamic of the corporate, in the name of Jesus Christ, that he would give us a teachable spirit, that he would speak of the things that you've agreed, the three of you, that need to be imparted to your saints today. Lord, speak through my lips. I give myself to you. Whatever you want to do, Holy Spirit, you're my best friend. You do it. We are listening. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right. So, uh, the Lord said to me, I want you to talk about eyes. Okay? I want you to talk about eyes, i.e. the things in your face. Okay? He wants us to talk about eyes. The message this morning is... Yeah, what do you see? What do you see? Okay? Um, There's going to be a bit of background. I'm going to read a lot of it and see where the Holy Spirit takes us because I just want to get out what he wants to get out and then we can go home. Okay. First thing he said was to me to ask you a question. To ask you to look out now. Look out. Okay? What do you see? What do you really see today? Okay? And I'll ask you again, maybe at the end, or maybe not. What do you see? Okay? What do you see in your situation? What do you see in your locality? What do you see? Okay? What is it that you are seeing? Now, whatever it is that you see is determined by which eyes you are looking through. Okay? Let's have a scripture. Luke 11, 34 to 36 says this. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye, your conscience is sound and fulfilling its office, your whole body is full of light. But when it is not sound and is not fulfilling its office, your body is full of darkness. Be careful, therefore, that the light that is in you is not darkness. If then your entire body is illuminated, having no part dark, it will be, what would it say? Wholly bright with light. As, with, as when a lamp with its bright rays gives you light. Okay. So let's, 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 let's get to it. So the eye. Let's talk about the eye. Um, 
Okay, we've got two eyes physically. Okay, now the eye takes reflected light containing information and enters the eye and is focused by the lens onto the retina. Okay, the optic nerve transmits visual information from the retina to the brain and you see. Okay, that is the biology, roughly. But what is seeing? This is, this is the thing. What is seeing? Because the Lord is saying, what do you see? So what is seeing? Seeing is to perceive with the eyes, whichever eyes there may be. We'll get into that. To discern or deduce after reflection, as we've said, or from information to understand. To be aware of or to detect, to come to know or to discover, to read or examine the situation. Okay? That is what is known to be seeing. So again, what do you see? The Holy Spirit said in the last few days, which eyes are you using? Which of your eyes are you using? What are you seeing through in this, your life? What are you seeing through? What eyes are you using? That sounds weird, doesn't it? No? Wow. Spiritual people here today. Sounds weird to me when he asked me, what eyes are you seeing through in this life, did you? I don't think I even answered it. I left it. <laughs> but I asked the same question to you. So there's two questions so far, okay? Okay. Let's have some background. God created mankind with physical eyes to see the beauty of creation around him and formed him with spiritual eyes able to understand the deeper things of God. So you were created with physical eyes and you were formed with spiritual eyes. But because of sin and rebellion, we quickly sank into a place of spiritual blindness. Now, when Adam and Eve had perfect union with the Lord, when they were walking in the garden, he had already opened their spiritual eyes, the eyes of their hearts, to know him and fellowship with him. That is a crazy dynamic. To be in the physical realm, seeing physically, appreciating physically, but in the spiritual realm, appreciating a God, literally, who is a spirit, but there with you, physically, spiritually, what dimension? That's crazy. But that is the original, the natural, that is the idea that he still has. That we would experience him in the fullness, in that manner. God is not playing games. He is real. He's real. Hmm. 
The day the serpent came, he deceived Eve by claiming her eyes would be opened and she would be like God. Genesis 3, 4 to 5 says this, But the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil and blessing and calamity. There goes the lie of lies. And the moment she and Adam ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, their physical eyes were opened to their own sin and shame. That's Genesis 3, 6 to 7. So the physical eyes were already open, had to be, but they were opened to their sin and shame. The devil didn't tell them about that bit, did he? At the same time, their spiritual eyes were darkened. Sin darkens our understanding and destroys our spiritual sight, cloaking us in deep darkness. This is the reason why when there is sin, there is separation between whoever and the Lord outside of Jesus. There is a break in the knowing him, the fellowship with him. And things go dark. All right. This is all a, we all know this, but I just have to put it out there just in case. When the Lord commissioned Paul, well, I guess it was Saul. He said, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. Acts 26, 17 to 18. Okay. So to have our spiritual eyes the eyes of our hearts, which I'll get into, opened means that we are given wisdom and revelation pertaining to the riches of the glorious inheritance we have in Christ. Ephesians 1.18, which we'll get into. It means that we understand and hope, the hope and assurance of our salvation, and it means that we are able to partake in the greatness of God's immeasurable power by the working of his spirit in us. So, all the power of God that can be displayed in the universe that cannot be measured When our spiritual eyes are open, we can partake in that. You've got to think on that one. Ephesians 1, 19 to 20. That's immense. However, 
Without the opening of our spiritual eyes, we walk in carnal blindness. Unable to comprehend the good news of the gospel and what it means for our eternal salvation. So in the case of Adam and Eve and mankind outside of Christ, 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, For the God of this world has blinded the unbelievers' minds that they should not discern the truth, preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ the Messiah who is the image and likeness of God. So blindness is something of the enemy. Now, when we live in rebellion, okay, let me rephrase that. When someone lives in rebellion to God and his will is, it is equivalent to living in spiritual darkness, Okay, so rebellion, if you rebel against God, you walk in darkness. Okay, in whatever shape or fashion, if you rebel against his word, if you rebel against his will, if you rebel against his spirit, God help you. But you walk in darkness. Okay. Spiritual blindness leaves us spiritually undiscerning, unaccepting of the holy things of God. Right, I'm going to give you another scripture here because this is important. So 1 Corinthians 2, 19 to 16 says this, but the natural, non-spiritual man does not accept or welcome or admit into his heart the gifts and teachings and revelations of the Spirit of God, for they are folly, meaningless nonsense to him. And he is incapable of knowing them, of progressively recognising, understanding and becoming better acquainted with them because they are spiritually discerned and estimated and appreciated. But the spiritual man tries all things. Right, so straight away. In your spiritual capacity, you can try all things because... The spirit is the reality. The physical actually is secondary. Maybe we'll get on to that. He examines, investigates, inquires into, questions and discerns all things, yet is himself to be put on trial and judged by no one. He can read the meaning of everything, but no one can properly discern or praise or get an insight into him and we'll talk about that I think all right so as people of God we need the Holy Spirit period to give us guidance in our everyday lives to help us to keep our spiritual eyes open the eyes of our hearts towards him for in him we live and move and have our being all right so that's a bit of background okay a little bit there so what does the holy spirit want to say to us today about all of this so he said this to me he said look 
Your physical sight is only part of how you see. In fact, I have created you to see in four ways. Okay? Now, this troubled me a little bit because I thought, that doesn't make sense. Physical eyes, spiritual eyes. That's two, right? He said, no. You have four types of eyes or four types of seeing. And I said, Lord. He said, no, that's correct. I said, four, it's four. I said, okay. Number one, physical eyes, which we've spoken about. Okay. Number two, spiritual eyes of the heart. Number three, spiritual eyes of faith. And number four, spiritual eyes of love. So they're broken down further. It's not just spiritual eyes. The spiritual eyes of heart, faith, love. Okay. So God knows that we don't really need to be helped to see physically. Right? He knows this. No doubt about it. We wake up in the morning and we open our eyes and we get on with the day. Okay, and we see. Sometimes we see too much. Things we shouldn't see. Things we shouldn't look at. Okay. You don't need to help us with that. Holy Spirit is like, "Mm, I don't want to see that. (laughs) Yeah. Reality is we're very good at seeing in the natural. Okay. We are well acquainted with the works of the flesh. And how things look in this world. And how the detailed specifics give us the urges to do this or to do that. Okay? You don't need to help us to do this. But to have our eyes wide open spiritually, we definitely need the Holy Spirit to help us. In fact, since the fall in the garden, we cannot attain the things of the spirit without the Holy Spirit. Okay? As, as Christians, we cannot, we cannot get into the spiritual realm. Okay? We need the Holy Spirit to do this, to give us insight, to give us direction, to allow us in there, to keep us. Okay? But if you want to get in the spiritual realm some other ways, there is a demonic way and I have to tell you, wherever there is a positive, there's a negative. Okay? Many can see, not by the Spirit of God, but by demons, what is happening in the spiritual realm. And as Christians, you should be aware not to touch that and not to mingle with those who deal with that. Tarot card readers, fortune tellers, I don't need to go on. Okay? Contamination awaits you if you tamper with that realm. Okay? Thank you, Lord. Okay, so who at school wore glasses? Anybody? Did anyone wear glasses at school? Okay. Anybody call you four eyes? Right. Well, technically... They were correct. And you need to forgive them. All right? Because that 
person may well have seen into the spirit and knew that you had four eyes. Yeah, four eyes. Children sometimes can say things which are deep revelation. Four eyes, yeah. Okay, number one. Eyes of the heart. In some scriptures, it's also eyes of understanding. Okay? Either way, either way. What does your heart tell you that you are observing? You're going to have to think today. So that's the third question I've asked you. The Holy Spirit says, and he said this to me, and I thought, oh, I can't find a scripture for that, but I'll take it anyway. He said, the heart is like a vehicle. It always has the capability to take you somewhere in your views to establish what you consider to be the reality. Okay. Has the capability. <laughs> okay, I'll say it. It always has the capability to take you somewhere in your views to establish what you consider to be the reality. This is why it says, guard your heart above all else. Because if your heart is taking you somewhere dark, that will be, and that will be an established reality for you. And there are consequences. I'm not going to get into it, but you know what I'm saying. So, it's a powerful, precious entity that you need to look after. And it has eyes to see. Okay? Has them. All right, let's add another scripture. Ephesians 1.17. Now, this is the big scripture here. In fact, it's 1.17 to 18. So... So Paul was saying this, for I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now, he's talking to his Ephesian brethren who are already Christians. So what is this grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation? of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set-apart ones. I may refer to the scripture ten times throughout today so Paul here is saying that he is praying that God would give his brethren in Ephesians Ephesus Ephesus Ephesians? yeah a spiritual and I, and I said to the Holy Spirit is it a spiritual mindset he said don't use that word it's not a mindset that Jesus said he said it's a wisdom it's a wisdom it's a wisdom on its own right so let's change it a spiritual wisdom via the work of the Holy Spirit to gain 
a much deeper insight into the Lord. So he's praying for that. If he's praying for that, it means that it needs praying for. There's a level of God that you can experience and there's a level of God that you can attain. Experience and attaining have a different experience. Some things need to be coveted, prayed for, prayed in, grappled for in the spirit. And Paul was praying that kind of prayer. Apostle Paul, can you imagine? Imagine if he come, come and pray over your life. What kind of prayers would he be saying? To do this, the eyes of the heart need to fully see, be flooded with the revelation light of the gospel so that they would have an even deeper understanding of the hope of salvation and glorious eternal inheritance. Okay, so... We have to remember in the first place that when we get saved, we don't get saved through information or the story of the gospel. Salvation comes through receiving and acting on the revelation that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God that died for your sins and was resurrected. It is revelation knowledge. This is why Romans 10, 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, i.e. the eyes of your heart are enlightened, that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So enlightenment through the eyes of the heart are necessary for so much the eyes of the heart or eyes of understanding is where discernment happens. Revelation is received and the wisdom of God enters. There is at the seat of discernment. It is the Holy Spirit that gives the illumination. So we need eyes of our hearts to be fully open to the things of God, focusing on them through revelation. Okay? All right. So what does that tell you that you are observing today? As I keep going, think on the questions that I've asked because I think that the answer that you may have had in the beginning will be different. Okay, number two. Eyes of faith. 2 Corinthians 5 to 7 says this. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Is that what it says? So we walk by faith and not by sight. So if we're walking by faith, we have to be seen by faith. Logical, isn't it? 
So there's a form of seeing by faith. Remember the patriarchs who saw certain things by the eyes of faith. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, what did they see? Hebrews 11, 12 to 14 says this. So from one man, though he was physically as good as dead, there have sprung descendants whose number is as the stars of heaven and as countless as the innumerable sands of the seashore these people all died controlled and sustained by their faith but not having received the tangible fulfillment of God's promises only having seen it and greeted it from a great distance by faith so they saw something a reality they saw it by faith They may not have received it fully, but they saw it and it was noted and written in the scripture. Hear what I'm saying. Faith is to see pictures, photographs, details. That is what God intends it to be. What are you believing by faith today and where is your picture where is your picture all the while acknowledging and confessing that they were strangers and temporary residents and exiles upon the earth now these people who talk as they did show plainly that they are in search of a fatherland, their own country. Whatever it is that you believe in God for, see it with the eyes of faith. Whatever promises of God you are standing on in his word, see them with the eyes of faith. And I mean, see a picture of the reality that you are hoping for. If you cannot see yourself with it, receiving it, living in it or doing it, then you are not really in faith for it. Because you have not seen it with your eyes of faith. Quickly, whatever it is you are believing God for, you have to have a picture. You have to see it. I remember when um, I was thinking about a new car. I like cars. Probably all know that. Um, Since I was five years old, whatever, I I remember writing a letter to Mercedes-Benz, asking them to give me a car. Yeah. Not five. I think I was about nine when I wrote the letter. But, yeah, I wrote a few letters. Yeah. I was I was young. They sent me a they sent me a Mercedes sign, one of the original Chrome ones. They sent it to me. Yeah, I have got those letters at home somewhere, my parents' home. 
So when it was time for me to get a new continue, I'd say, oh, our car's old. It's old. Say, yes, all right, it's running. It's old, she was saying. <laughs> it's old, bitch, it's old. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's expensive. Yeah, you were, you did. No, it was old, it was old. Um, well, I got a screensaver. I put a screensaver on my iPad, okay, of a particular car that I liked, okay? And I think this was in, what was it? 20, what, 14 or something? Anyway, I just had a screensaver of it. I didn't think anything of it, okay? So it was a really clear picture. And when it was time to get a car, whatever, we went and looked at a few vehicles and um, I decided that I was going to get a particular car and the Lord just said, no, get that one. Yeah, he said, get that one. I'm saying, Lord, that's, that's too much. That's, can, can I afford that? He said, get that car. And I said, okay, well, I will argue. So we've got that car. Now, that car, even the the car outside, it is exactly the same car as that screensaver, even down to the wheels. Now, I didn't deliberately go out to do this, but the Lord showed me something. What he showed me is, I need something, a picture that you have to associate with your faith. Okay? I need this. He stopped me from going a different direction to get something else. He literally said, no, 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 you get that car because I have created the opportunity for you to have it because you had the picture. You saw it with your eye of faith and I have the power to deliver. That's the first time it happened. And I was shocked. I was shocked when he said, no, no, get that. And I've said it, to, I think I said it on mandate. I was shocked, but I only realised really in the last few days it was because of this. The Lord said, no, you can't. I have created, it would be a disappointment to me if you didn't. It was like that. It was literally like that. Okay, the next one. I remember we used to walk down a certain road. We live on this road now, myself and Tina. And there was a house. I always used to look into this house and I used to think, Oh, I'd like to live in a house like that. And there used to be a lamp, a lamp with a green shade and a gold uh, stem in the corner. The light was on. And I used to look at the house and think, oh, yeah, Lord. And I know Tina used to think the same. Yeah. We now live in that house. Right? And I don't even, from that time when I used to go down that road to work with Tina, to this day that we're now living in this house, I've only just realised that that was the same thing that happened. The picture that, and I know, Tina, you must have had the picture in your head. I, I certainly had the picture. I still, I still see it now in my mind, the picture of that house at that time. And God was right, I can do that. You have a faith picture. There's more testimony. I'm not going to get into it because time is short. But I just want to tell you. <laughs> yeah, the devil did try once or twice. But glory to God, we live there. It's our house. 
Um, yeah. Please, please, please hear me. Hear what I'm saying. Okay. Don't just believe God for something in thin air. Right. God is real and he works by a process. Okay. If you can't see yourself in it, riding in it, married to her or him, or living in it, what kind of faith is that? Really, what kind of faith is that? So faith really is about having a picture of your hope for future reality. Okay, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Substance of things hoped for. Substance is something that you have tangibly. Substance somewhere. What is it? Picture in your mind or in your screensaver or whatever it is. Evidence of things not seen. Okay. Number three. Eyes of love. Wow. Now this is the one. This is the highest of the high. Eyes of love. The Lord said to me, and he, I know he was, you know when the host, sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks to you, there's a confidence like, yeah, now this is it. I'm mastering this one. He said, I always see through the eyes of great love. I always see through the eyes of great, not just love, great love. When I'm looking, it's love. Love looking through love. And I know faster. I mean, I can't do it justice, but... This is the one, eyes of love. Now, I didn't even think, I, I, I was like, well, is this, even a, is this even spiritual? And Lord said, yeah, it is. Because I will show you a bit later that there is a spiritual eye-opening to love. Yeah. 1 John 4, 7 to 8 says this. Beloved, let us love one another. I mean, you know it, but I read it. It needs, to, it needs to be declared. For love is springs from God, and he who loves his fellow men is begotten, born of God, and is coming progressively to know and understand God, to perceive and recognize and get a better and clearer knowledge of him. So what does that mean? It means that if you look through the eyes of love, if that's how you are operating, if that is your thing, you are getting closer and closer and closer to the Lord and you are recognising more and more of him and his ways. He who does not love has not become acquainted with God, does not and never did know him, for God is love. This is the greatest of all the eyes you must use to see through. It is the greatest. 1 Corinthians 13.1 says this, If I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels, but have not love, that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, such as is inspired by God's love for and in us, I am only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Okay, so there's, that is the greatest of the eyes that you can see through. 
All right. Okay. So as children of God, we must allow the Holy Spirit to develop us spiritually through his teaching, instruction, promptings, and revelation of God's word. Second Peter 1, 5 to 9, talks about what happens if not. For this very reason, adding your diligence to the divine promises, employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop virtue, excellence, resolution, Christian energy, and in exercising virtue, develop knowledge, intelligence, and in exercising knowledge, develop self-control, and in exercising self-control, develop steadfast patience, endurance, and in exercising steadfastness, develop godliness, piety, and in exercising godliness, develop brotherly affection, and in exercising brotherly affection, develop Christian love. For as these qualities are yours and increasingly abound in you, they will keep you from being idle or unfruitful unto the full personal knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. For whoever lacks these qualities is blind, spiritually short-sighted, seeing only what is near to him and has become oblivious to the fact that he was cleansed from his old sins so you'll notice the spiritual eyes in there if this is not your thing if you do not maximize these if you do not operate in these you will be spiritually blind okay so how should we master seeing spiritually Okay, so this is now presentation time, a little bit, not presentation time really, but a few things that the Holy Spirit said. Because I said, Lord, well, okay, how do we get better at this? What are the points that you want to instruct us in for developing in this? So, first one, number one, you must make sure that your spiritual eyes are not obscured by the desires of your flesh. This is very important. Okay, so Psalm 119, 33 to 37. David said, teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes and I will keep, to, keep it to the end steadfastly. Give me understanding that I may keep your law. Yes, I will observe it with my whole heart. Make me go in the path of your commandments, for in them do I delight. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to curvaceousness, robbery, sensuality, unworthy riches. Take away my eyes from beholding vanity, idols and idolatry, and restore me to vigorous life and health in your ways." David, a man after the Lord's own heart, knew about the eyes of the heart. He knew this one very well. So we must make sure that 
the desires of the flesh do not obscure our spiritual eyes. That takes work. It takes prayer. It takes devotion. It takes discipline. Next one. The Lord said this, I want your eyes to be on me through Jesus. Do not be distracted by that which is trying to gain your attention in the world. Okay, so what does that mean? To keep your eyes on Jesus means that you must keep your eyes on the teachings of Jesus, which is the red words in the King James or the New King James. Yeah? The red writing. Tina's always saying this. But it is so, so true. What he said, that's the first one you must major on. What Jesus taught out of his own mouth. Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking away from all that will distract to Jesus. Straight away. Don't look at that. Look at what he said who is the leader and the source of our faith giving the first incentive for our belief and is also its finisher bringing it to maturity and perfection I'm going to stop there what we're talking about today is all about the Holy Spirit taking us to maturity it's really important that we understand spiritual matters the dynamic of the spirit, how we should operate and how we should develop. There's no way we can become a bride without blemish or spot without doing this. We have to understand and handle ourselves in the spirit. Okay? And we're not getting to the scripture here. Talking too much, Deji. Okay. He for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Okay, next one. It is very important, the Holy Spirit said, that you train your eyes to see spiritually according to that which my word explains. That's why you must watch and pray. Okay, so we have to train ourselves. We have to see spiritually, not just what the fortune teller says or any of that rubbish, but according to the word of God. I say that because there's things that are subtle, which are spiritual, but it's not of the word of God. So you have to align, train yourself, cajole yourself to be according to the word. But you've got to watch and pray. In these days, Luke 21, 35 to 36 says, For it will come upon all who live upon the face of the entire earth. What's Jesus talking about? He's talking about the troubling times. Keep awake then and watch at all times. Be discreet, attentive and ready. Praying that you may have the full strength and ability and be accounted worthy to escape all these things taken together that will take place and to stand in the presence of the Son of Man. Sobering. That's why I need to listen to what Jesus taught. I mean, that is, that is a serious instruction. All right, next one. 
Holy Spirit said this, I want you all to see through the eyes of wisdom so you can see what I am doing and what needs to be done. Australia, when he says eyes of wisdom, I say, oh Lord, what's that? He said, well, it's the same as the eyes of the heart because the eyes of the heart, the seat of it is discernment, the entry of God's wisdom. That's where it all happens. That's where you begin to understand who God is, how he works, the delivery of wisdom, all of that is through the eyes of the heart, which also you can say the eyes of wisdom. Ephesians 5, 15 to 17. Look carefully then how you walk. Live purposely and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people, making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. We need to understand what God's will is for us. What is God doing? What does he want to do? We need to cooperate. We need to open our, the eyes of our hearts so that we see spiritually what the Holy Spirit is wanting to impart upon us in terms of instruction. What should you do about this situation? Where should you work? Who should you marry? What line of work should you be in? Which church should you be in ministry for? This is not optional. If you are a child of God, then your life belongs to Jesus. So the Holy Spirit, when he instructs you, you should say, yes, Lord, here I am, because he's fully God. Okay. Next one. The eye has many priorities. It's not, it's not on the list, by the way. This is different. The Lord told me, why didn't you put that one in? I said, well, just, you know, that is. The eye has many priorities. You must learn to make your eyes see through into the will of God. I didn't really have a scripture, but I knew that the Holy Spirit was big time saying, listen, you, there are priorities and there are priorities. There are things in your life that you need to attend to, you need to look at, you need to look for, you need to look forward for, okay? But you must force yourself, make yourself, make your eyes see through the will of God for you, yeah? It's like, the best thing that can happen to you is God's will. If his will is not that job, if his will is not that man, if his will is not that woman, forget it. Move on. Move on. It's not the best thing. But Lord, I want this. Okay. But am I not perfect in all of my ways and all of my doing and all of my planning? You can have a perfect thing or you can have something else. I'll let you decide. Yes, Lord. We know we have priorities, but we learn to make our eyes see through 
into your will for us. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Wow, time's going. Holy Spirit said this then. He said, which eyes are you using? What are you seeing through in this life? See, I told you I'd say this, ask you the same question again. You seeing things differently now? He then said this to me. I want you all to see like me. That's why you are preaching this message, Deji. Okay, Lord. <laughs> when the Lord says, I want you to see like me, there's only one name you must utter. Jesus. Okay. Yeah, but I'm not Jesus. I can't be like him. I can't do like him. We are like Jesus, also strengthened and empowered unto good works by the Holy Spirit. We are called to be Christ-like, like Jesus, anointed by the Holy Spirit to great works according to the Father's will. Acts 10, 38 says this, how God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability and power. How he went about doing good and in particular curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil for God was with him. This is why we can do greater work still. Because the way the Holy Spirit is working in us is at some other kind of level. It's not that Jesus is not special. He is. It's not that Jesus is not God. He is. It's that the power of the Holy Spirit, the one that comes specifically to give us power, is his time. It's his time. Jesus, you are Lord over the church. But the Holy Spirit is Lord in the church. Today, right now, here today. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So let's have a couple of examples. Let's see how we go. Oh, gosh, time's flying. All right. Uh, so let's look at Jesus. Jesus counselling a rich young ruler okay you all know the story it's in all the gospels but there's one account which there's something glaringly obvious in there and I'm going to read it because I like to read it now as he was going out on the road one came running knelt before him and asked him good teacher what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life. So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud. Honour your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I kept from my youth now in Mark this is what we're reading from it says this 
in verse 21. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him. I'm going to stop there. Looking at him and loved him. What on earth does that mean? Did you not love him before? Why would the Lord look at him and love him before anything else? Because he was sending us a message on how to counsel and how to minister. Before you do a thing, look at the person and love them. Okay? Whatever you are bringing, it might be the hardest correction that there is in the word of God. Or the gentlest. Love them first. One thing you lack, he said, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come, take up your cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. And Jesus knew, he knew that this one would be the dividing line between those that can and those that can't. But he loved him anyway. What do you think that guy would do in his struggle to try and sell his possession, sell his first camel and start struggling? Oh, I'll go back to that Jesus who loved me. Maybe he'll give me some more advice. Maybe he'll pray for me. I don't know. But you've got to love before anything else. Short testimony. How much time have I got? Oh, goodness. I've given this kind of before, but I, I want to bring this because it's in my spirit. Now, I had a boss that, yeah, he's one of those bosses. He's no Christian and he's no good unbelievingness. No, no, I won't say that. I don't know. But he's not yet a Christian. Put it that way. Okay. And one day, Lord sat me down and said, Deji, I need to tell you what this man thinks about you. I said, okay, Lord. And he began to tell me, he said, this guy does not want you to progress. This is my boss. This guy does not like you. This guy is working actively against you. I said, Lord, what are you, what are you, what are you saying? <laughs> I'm just telling you. And the Holy Spirit just left it. Just wanted, I want you to know. Right? So what is that? Spiritual insight. Eyes of my heart were opened Boom, I know the truth. The appraisal day happened. Sat down with my manager. He starts talking all kinds of stuff. Oh, you've done great. You're a great team member. And I'm like, <laughs> really? Deji. He was saying all kinds of stuff. But I knew his heart. See, it's only God that can change a man's heart. It's only God that knows a man's heart, but we have God here, so we can know. I knew everything. I knew, I knew the temperature of his lies. I knew, the, I knew, I knew, I knew. And I looked at him and I smiled. Yes, yes, yes. And he lied. Put on a good show for me. All right. You know, God looks at, sorry, 
Man looks at the exterior, but God looks at the heart. 1 Samuel 16, 7. And we, because God just said, I want you to see like me, right? I want you to see like me, like my son. Okay, so this boss started mistreating me. I mean, it wasn't gross, but it was irritating. It was keeping me off emails, out of meetings, all kinds of rubbish. Okay, and it went on for some time. I got fed up and I remember I complained. I said to Tina one day, I said, oh, this guy, Lord, this is not right. I said, it's not right. You see, when, 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 his child, when, when, when you, you as God's child, if you're standing in a certain way righteously, obviously, and you say, this is not right. God goes, what's not right? Right? But he also, he goes, what's not right? But then someone else is listening. Satan is listening. And the Lord then said, Deji, you need to intercede. You need to intercede for this man because Satan has asked me for his life. Okay? He's due to have a trip to India and the enemy wants to slay him in India. You must pray. I said, me? You need to find someone else, Lord, surely. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say that. And the Lord said, listen, if you don't pray, when you hear of the funeral, it will be on you not your fault but you'll feel it I started to pray oh my goodness I rebuke you saying you will not touch this man no weapon formed against him I brought the scriptures I I prayed I really prayed for this guy and he came back he was fine he didn't know he had no clue carried on being the way he was right Hmm. But what happened to me? I began to see this guy different. Whenever I saw him, doesn't matter what he was doing, I felt I loved for him. Not explainable, right? The eyes of love were opened for him. Okay, that's what happened. Last week I saw this guy and he was uncomfortable when he saw me. He was standing there said hi, said hello, but I could read him like a book. He did not want to be anywhere near me. He couldn't. He couldn't cope with me standing with him. Like, I, was like, I was fascinated. He couldn't. It's the glory of God. I don't know what is in his mind or his heart towards me, but it's not great. And it's challenging him and he's feeling the guilt and he's feeling whatever. The glory of God was dealing with him. And the Lord says, pray for him. I want him to be saved and I want you to minister to him so I have to keep praying anyway I'll leave it there but this is to say to you discernment eyes of the heart eyes of love real okay God can open and change matters if you pray if you believe if you submit all right When Jesus was hanging on that gibbet, okay, when he was hanging on that cross and they were selling his clothes or betting, doing whatever they were doing, laughing at him, spitting, what did he do? No, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. Eyes of love. They pulled his beard. They had done terrible things and he was on that cross, naked as anything, as the day he was born. And he said, no, Lord, he saw the eyes of love and I say that to you 
No matter who it is, what they've been doing, what they've called you, what they've stolen from you, how they've beat you, how they've whatever, 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 all of that stuff, right? See them through the eyes of love. God will show you some things and it will be to your credit on the day of judgment when the Lord says, come and get your reward on the basis of... Okay. Oof, time's running. One more, one more. I have to give this one. Okay. This one's about the heart. So this is about a man born blind who receives sight. John 9, 1 to 7, New King James. Sorry, Buster. So now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man. Again, he saw, you see? When the Bible says Jesus saw, it means he saw, he had to see. He's telling us, he's saying, you also can see. That's what he's saying, really. Who was blind from birth? And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Discernment, saints. Discernment, discernment, discernment. We need discernment and more discernment. Holy Spirit, what is this situation? Why is this man crippled? Is it satanic? Is it so your name can be glorified specifically? Is a miracle going to happen? Or is it going to take a while? Or is it not going to happen? Or, Holy Spirit, guide me on what should be done here. Open my eyes so that I can see and know what to do by your divine wisdom. Don't just jump in. There's a reason. i never forget. A woman came to church in agony. <laughs> agony she was. <laughs> and I was ready to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. The Holy Spirit said, she needs to forgive. Go tell her to forgive somebody. I pretended I didn't hear that. I started praying. I started praying. Ah! She was screaming. That's worse. What, you, what kind of prayer is this? She was in agony. Holy Spirit said, I told you, the demons were having a party. The woman was in unforgiveness and I'm praying to send them out. They said, we're legally here. Shut up. We're going to make her suffer more. Yes. Yes. Discern. The Holy Spirit says, do not pray. Tell her, minister to her, repent. Then she'll be free. And then you go and start praying. The woman, she was in pain. I, I was embarrassed. Like I'm praying some satanic thing, making it worse, you see? Discern, discern, discern. I'm going to leave it there. I could go further, but this is enough. Only to pray. God, you've got to open the saints' eyes, their spiritual eyes, 
and strengthen these people in this house. Our focus is via the Holy Spirit's enlightenment. The lens of our faith eyes, the lens of our love eyes, the lens of our heart eyes. Let there be no cataracts, let there be no short-sightedness, long-sightedness. Let it be perfected in you, Lord. Father, I pray for divine wisdom, discernment, and all manner of supernatural power to be released over the saints so that they can see, and I mean see, in the four ways you have said. No short-sightedness. Let them have pictures of their faith. I have a picture, and it's Pastor Judy smiling, walking in this place, ministering at this very place. I've picture that. Who, who has that same picture? Right. I've got that picture. Good. Lord, see the pictures. See the pictures. See the faith. Know that we love you. May your name be glorified. Amen. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 